the number one rule of being online. Don't be a dick. I don't know how many times we have to say that on this podcast. Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is PhotoLog. Hello, how are you doing today, Stuart? Hey, doing well. Ready to talk about some photography stuff. That's what we do on this podcast, right? Generally speaking. <laughs> all right. Mix. So, yeah, we're we're going to give our opinions on all things photo. If you haven't learned yet, that's kind of what we do here. Uh, I had a funny post on Facebook. I was going to say fun, but some people took it the wrong way. And so I figured we can talk about it and draw some tips from it. So uh, the post that I had on Facebook... Uh, it was, by the way, when you post a photo in color and black and white and you ask, which one's better? Am I allowed to say neither if it's not a good photo asking for a friend? <laughs> well, your first and, mistake was being on Facebook. Oh, yeah, there's that too. So so most people got it as a joke. And some people are like, hey, you're allowed to just say nothing and keep moving. I'm like, I know that. I'm I'm not going to be mean in a Facebook comment. That's why it was completely separate from the person who actually posted this in my feed. Taking bets uh, for if those people posted the exact same thing themselves, and that's why they're so defensive about it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But uh, from all the people who were salty and commented, I uh, they're either not photographers and they're just trying to courteously tell me to be nice online yeah, which uh the number one rule of being online don't be a dick i yeah. don't know how many times we have to say that on this podcast <laughs> it's true it's true Sadly. it's true though um yeah so so uh i think kind of the two parts of this episode that we'll be talking about are the pit traps and falls of black and white and why people like it so much mm-hmm. and the second one will be some actual tips for shooting black and white Cool. Sounds good. I actually don't shoot a lot of black and white, so it'll be a learning experience for me, too. So uh, I also don't shoot a lot of black and white, but when I shoot black and white, I already know ahead of time this photo is going to be black and white. Hey, you're getting to the tips ahead of time. (laughs) So so I think but I think one of those pitfalls is asking the question to begin Mm -hmm. with. I mean, when when you're like, I don't know, is this color or black and white? Well, I mean, if if you have to ask, then it's probably, you know, like there there is a certain level that you get to and, you know, the photo just looks amazing in its own way and it has two different kind of feels to it. And mm-hmm. I totally get that. But when you're just starting out, the photo's probably not so good that, you know, that is going to be the issue um focus on having good uh composition and you know good framing and good depth of field and making sure there are no distractions in your photo and good lighting and once you have all of that then you you know getting into the nuance of it but uh yeah i think the biggest pitfall is honestly just asking that question does it look better in color or black and white because there's probably other ways that you can make your photo better than slapping a filter on it (laughs) oh i agree i agree um, yeah, one of the biggest jokes that I had in art school is if it's not artsy enough, just make it black and white and then it's art now. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of art school, I, I think people get stuck, uh, 
uh, stuck in that mentality of, of black and white being artsy. But like when you're in school and you're taking a course on photography and you do a series of black and white photos, like where you have to stay in black and white the entire time, that's not supposed to imply that black and white makes it more art that's just supposed to get you in the mindset of what's different about black and white and how you should apply it and when you should apply it i think people see that and kind of miss the point a little bit either from taking that class and missing the point of the class or being an outsider and seeing um portfolios like that and thinking that then that's what they should take away from that experience. There there was a class that I took that was called black and white photography. And mm-hmm. at no point during that class was there any assignment to shoot black and white photos, which was utterly disappointing. Weird. But I, I don't like talking about that class. So we'll, <laughs> we'll just keep, we'll skip over that part. Um, <laughs> but I think one of the useful like learning tools about mm-hmm. shooting black and white and the reason why they say, hey, shoot about that is because by removing color, you're removing like one of the elements or one of the one of the tools at your disposal and kind of and by removing that, you have to focus on the other thing stronger. So it's kind of like when, you know, Daredevil, he loses his sight, but then all the other senses, you know, get way better and, you know, super hearing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that in a way that you lose the sense of being able to render things in color. Mm-hmm. And then you have to focus more intentionally on your subject and your lighting and your framing and your composition. So. And- and uh, the opposite side of that coin is if you don't focus on that, those flaws will be much more evident. Even if people can't articulate that, they're going to recognize um, those flaws a lot more than if they had color to wash away those issues a little bit or hide them. Yeah, so I, I honestly don't think black and white or color are easier or harder mm-hmm. because uh, there are different techniques to get each of them to look good. And there's, there's, it's black and white is definitely its own discrete skill set. Um, but I think the other thing that people fall into is, uh, they just put on a black and white filter mm-hmm. and then they're done or, or they put on a black and white filter and they might drag some sliders without thinking, should this photo actually be black and white? Mm-hmm. So so uh, one of the things that I, I really see for black and white images are when you have something where ask yourself, does, I guess we're getting into the tips portion now. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of done just ranching sure. about how, how dumb black and white is when you just put a filter on it. You're like, it's artsy now. Just, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> anyway, uh, tips. Yeah. So, so uh, one of the best ways that you can tell, should this be black and white or not is ask yourself, does color add anything? So right now, I am wearing a obnoxiously orange shirt, and you are wearing a white shirt on a gray background. I'm almost now, in black and white. <laughs> you are almost in black and white already. So if you were to take, you know, a screen cap of yours there, mm-hmm. and we were to turn it black and white, well, as long as you apply all of the proper techniques and tools while you're editing color is not adding anything in your photo versus I'm wearing this obnoxiously orange shirt. And if the point of taking the screen cap here is that I am a person in an orange shirt, if that's your subject, then color is making a huge, you know, impact in the photo. It's making the contrast from, you know, the white window and the black TV behind me, um, 
that is adding. Or rather, if you think, wow, his orange shirt is really annoying, then you can take black and white to get rid of that distraction. So it can go both ways. If color is, isn't adding anything interesting or important to your photo, that sounds like a black and white photo to me. Um, something, one of my favorite photos that I took was actually this, um, couple kissing, but I backlit it. And the only part that you can see is the silhouette of like their forehead, nose, mouth, lips, chin. Mm -hmm. And so the couple's just like this. So when I was shooting that, I knew ahead of time, this is going to be black and white. There's going to be so little detail. There's going to be so little color that black and white will, I can pump that contrast and I can get that kind of abstract look with all these lines of the couple kissing. Color's not going to do anything. It's not like she was wearing, you know, that cherry red lipstick or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, so it's those kinds of things where you can, you can think ahead of time and say, color's not adding in, into anything. I have this beautiful contrast. This is going to look great. Mm -hmm. I will say there have been times um, where I have been that guy. I haven't posted it publicly, but where I have discovered a photo um, being uh, potentially somewhat more impactful or interesting in black and white, uh, even though I originally had it in color and this, um, color, this aspect of does color add anything has been key to that experience and most notably underwater. So, uh, I'm not going to go too deep into the, uh, too deep into the underwater uh, photography discussion, but I will say that, um, uh, uh, well, I know the deeper you get underwater, the less yeah. color there is because so, it just kind of takes that blue tone and it turns into this blue tinted monochromatic photo anyway. Yeah, exactly. So as you descend, more and more colors are stripped away. Um, but even in shallower water, whether it's kind of a green tint here in the Pacific Northwest um, or other temperate climates or it's a blue tint in the tropics, um, you'd be surprised at how even if you've got as good... Um, uh, color reproduction as you can get, you'd be surprised how well black and white works for almost anything underwater because a lot of things underwater, because as you said, color kind of f uh, falls away. Um, they don't require, they don't require color to be distinguishing, to be interesting. Um, in a lot of, you know, the tropical corals and stuff, you'll see that. But as I shoot mostly in temperate climates, uh, there's not that kind of color fest that you get in really shallow tropical water. So um, that was something that I just kind of never really experimented with black and white underwater. That was never kind of part of my thought process. Um, but I just kind of one day thought, oh, I'll just try this. I'll try uh, black and white specifically underwater. And boy, it works really well. So you might be surprised at um, at what you just assume should be color um, might be better thought about in black and white granted you should still plan to shoot black and white that should be you know your your plan from the get-go but uh it is a uh, it certainly can be applied in, at times that you might have never considered before i think for people that are new in learning though uh mm -hmm. like just doing the color version and then doing the black and white version and learning what works and what doesn't mm -hmm. um you don't necessarily have to post every single photo that you do oh yeah but, for sure but for doing sure. that conversion on mm -hmm. all the photos that you think are interesting and learning for yourself what do you like what do you not like mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. such a huge part of photography is a non-objective personal 
you know, discovery of taste. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, in general, uh, here are some of the things that make the best black and white photos. So when you have really good contrast, when you have Mm -hmm. high contrast, that makes an excellent black and white photo. Um, when you have a scene where everything is just kind of a middle color, um, unless you're going for like a Chinese like watercolor painting type mm-hmm. vibe, which I shot a lot of in the wildfires <laughs> last week. <laughs> um, it, unless you're going for that kind of thing, having those kind of middle gray tones don't look bl- good in black and white because it just turns into this kind of muddy. It's a blob. Uh, yeah, just this blob. muddy gray blob. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so one of the things that I see a lot is portrait photographers. Mm -hmm. When should a portrait be black and white? Well, if you have incredibly flat lighting to the scene, probably not a great black and white because what's going to happen is all of their skin is going to blend in. So like if you're, if your subject's chin and you're, you're shooting this portrait and there's no light differentiate differentiation between their chin and like their collarbone. So you turn that black and white and all this skin just turns into a gray blob mess. That photo probably shouldn't be in black and white. Otherwise, you need to do some serious dodge and burning and kind of define that jawline. Um, but th- these are the kinds of considerations of honestly looking at your scene, seeing do I have the proper contrast and lighting and everything? Will this make a good black and white photo? And making try and make that decision when you have the camera in your hand and yes. not when you're sitting behind your keyboard. Oh, yeah. So what you're saying is if you're taking a portrait and it's flattering in black and white, then it should be in black and white. Well, I mean, there's that too. A, a lot of uh, actors' headshots are black and white, and yep. that I mean, that's that's the thing of it's get that classic look, and, but to be able to pull that off, you have to have really good contrast. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this this is a pretty short episode. I just thought I'd start get you get your toes dipped in the world of black and white without being a joke. Don't be a joke. Well, and and I should, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, don't post everything on social media. Like you can think through things on your own time. Um, you can make decisions for yourself. Uh, but I was gonna say, um, the uh, uh, one thing to do, I think, with black and white photography that we didn't explicitly say um, beyond you know experiment yourself is look at black and white photography like consume a lot of it and good stuff uh, specifically you know go go through some of the you know most famous most uh successful black and white photographs or photographers however you want to look at it and um and really look at those with a critical eye and think about what worked there why that worked in black and white um you know what what are the the aspects that elevate that photo um because of it being in black and white uh, that really will i I think help a beginner a lot to think about it like that i i think one of the things that actually the digital age took away Mm -hmm. is we're getting more and more high dynamic range detail cameras where the first cameras did not Mm -hmm. so i mean you have people like ansel adams going through like the the zone system and being able to get all of that range throughout um by the way if you find this subject interesting leave a comment if this episode is popular enough we can do an episode on the zone system uh but but one of the things 
one of the things about those old photographers is they had blown out highlights. They lacked mm-hmm. details and shadows. They're still amazing photos. And so just because you have the full range of detail from, you know, your sunlight to your dark shadows and like a, a person's suit doesn't mean that it's a good photo. So, mm-hmm. so I think part of that is you're allowed to, you know, of like, oh, you should never be clipping. You should never clip your headlight. Uh, highlights generally yeah that's a pretty good rule to abide by but when you're doing a black and white photo of like does having that detail there actually make the photo better but ben how can i justify buying an expensive new camera if i can't say i need the extra dynamic range it's true and sometimes you do need the dynamic range (laughs) sometimes (laughs) so that was our podcast on black and white photography or at least the uh intro dipping your feelers into black and white photography uh there's certainly so much more to talk about um i have one final tip that i can leave you guys on uh if you are new to black and white photography and you're not sure where to start uh thing number one is absolutely never just leave the default because the default black and white filter is probably awful Um, it's going to, you know, blow out your reds to black and you want to have those nice details and it doesn't know what colors you should have. You should have full control. So dig into those sliders and play with it. Don't, don't leave the default settings. Uh, tip number two is if you are new to it, of course, uh, my favorite black and white plugin is, I believe it's called silver, silver effects pro or something. It was in the Nick collection, which is now owned by Google. It is a free download. Uh, get their get their Nick collection silver um, plug-in, and it just makes beautiful black and white images, and it has all these old film filters that you can apply to it. Um, but yeah, it make, makes things look pretty with just a quick click of the button and some few sliders, so you still have to have that creative artistic eye to know what you're looking for, but it just makes life a little easier. Sets you off on the right foot. Absolutely. Is that the end? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Why not? Cool. (laughs) If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or download it. Because it's free.